Glory to God. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Now, y'all know that state. If you go back and read from verse 11 through 14, if y'all been the last few weeks, we've read those, 11 through 14, man describes a beautiful life. So God says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So we're continuing to talk about today the picture of happiness. All right, so Father, we receive today your word. We receive of your spirit, of your anointing. Speak through me and let your people who have gathered, let them, let them harness all their faith and pull on the word and the anointing that you've placed in me today for them. I pray that, Father, this word would go out throughout all the world and minister. Wherever it goes, we pray. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. I hope y'all not too tired. I got up refreshed. Now, as I was praying in the office uh, before I came out, um, I was praying for God to move in a mighty way, which he has already. And, um, but something came to me in my prayer is that you know, I, I pray all the time throughout the week. I get up early in the morning, I'm praying over the service and all that kind of stuff. When I'm here in my office, I'm praying for God to send the word and so on and so forth. But what the Lord reminded me of was that you are just as important in how the word goes forth as I am. You understand that? And the scripture he brought back to me is Galatians 3 verse 5. In Galatians 3, verse 5, it says, talks about, can you get those screen? It says, therefore, he who supplies, or King James says, ministers the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So the answer we know is the hearing of faith. So it's not based solely on my preaching of faith. It's based on your hearing of faith. So how you hear the word, how you grab hold, how you pull, you ever hear us saying the phrase pull? How you, how you pull on the word uh, determines how much flows. So the, the ministry of the spirit and him working miracles is, is contingent upon you. Got it? Did y'all just turn me off? Okay, praise the Lord. Something happened back there. All right. So... I want you to have the hearing of faith today. That's all I want to say. Okay. So we've been talking about the picture of happiness, and we have already concluded that God wants us happy. Everybody say, I'm happy. I'm happy. All right. Now, we're not just saying that by faith. We are, I, I am happy. I, I, can't, I can't come out of all that and be unhappy. That's just, that's just, just be nuts. Okay. Remember in, in, in Psalm 16, uh, verse 11, I believe it is, in his presence. There is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures evermore. And so you can't be in his presence and not just be bubbling over with joy. Right? 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 Okay, I'm, I'm looking at your faces, okay? I just want to make sure, okay? I, make, I'm, I'm just, I want to make sure you all went to the same place I went to. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're happy. We're happy. And so... 
um, God wants us to be happy. Uh, Psalm 30, 35, verse 27, the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, right? And so when we are uh, enjoying prosperity, God is happy. So God wants us happy. In fact, God needs us happy. Tell your neighbor, God needs you happy. Now ask him why. Because other folk are looking at you. Other people are looking at you. And so you're going around, you got your little Christian bumper stickers and your little Christian t-shirt, your little cross on your neck and your little Christian tattoo and stuff, stuff like that. And people, you know, you said, I'm a Christian. I go to church, you know, and they, they said, go on, you Christian. But if you're never happy then, and then you want to tell them to come to church with you, then they're going to ask, why would I want to come to church with you? Why would I want to come and get born again, get saved? And you're not happy. At least I have happy hour to go to. Huh? Now, we know it's not a real happiness, but to them it's happiness, at least temporarily. But if we always look sad and, you know, drawn out face and lemon and prune face and so forth, we have no, we, we, we're not attractive. The Bible says God beautifies the meat with salvation. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Just the there's anointing on me already. He, he beautifies the meat with salvation. So salvation doesn't, when you see that scripture in the Old Testament, it's not talking about being born again. Because there was no born again experience in the Old Testament. So when it says he beautifies the meat with salvation, it talks about he beautifies you with deliverance. He beautifies you with health. He beautifies you with prosperity. He beautifies you with long life. So when you enjoy and manifest these good things from God, you look beautiful. Look at the neighbor and say, you look marvelous. You look marvelous. See, that, that, that works male or female. I, you know, because we can't say you look beautiful. You know, men be like, what's up? You look marvelous. You look marvelous. You're looking good. You look much better now than before you came in. I can assure you of that. And so God is blessing us. He's increasing us more and more because he wants us to uh, be representatives for him. All right, now, um, glory to God. I've been talking about this enemy of ours called Satan, right? First Peter 5 verse 8, you have an adversary of the devil. You have an adversary of the devil who's going, going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He can consume, he can eat up. So you have an adversary, it's not your spouse, it's not your children, it's not your boss, it's not the white man. It's the devil. It's the devil. It's not your parents. It's the devil. And if you get busy fighting people, you're going to miss the very one who's oopsing upside your head. It's the devil. Okay? And then the Bible says in verse 9, we're supposed to resist him steadfast in the faith. Then it talks about in verse 9, knowing that all of our other brothers all over the world are going through the same kind of troubles. So you're not by yourself in this thing here. Okay, so he's an adversary, and he's, he's working against our happiness. Now, I want to show you something. If you turn to the book of Isaiah, everybody find the book of Isaiah, Old Testament, Old Testament, Isaiah, because we've been talking about something here over the last couple uh, messages that I had no intention of getting into, but the Lord has taken us somewhere. Lord, I asked the Lord yesterday, I said, Lord, why, why are you really dealing with this issue, covetousness? Why are you really dealing with this issue now? I asked him why. Why are you really um, talking about money? Because I, I had no intention of talking about money in this whole series. And he's, he, 
I was praying on the, on the way to Tampa yesterday. And he said, he said, because of the harvest season. That's what he mean. He said, because, because the, the kind of harvest that you and the people of God are about to come into, you need to have the character. You need, oh my God. You need to have your heart right because prosperity destroys a fool. I better come over here. Because prosperity destroys a fool. And the kind of harvest, I mean, I'm talking about if you got, if I'm talking about sowers. Now, if you ain't no sower, I'm not even talking to you. If you're a sower and you have sown seeds, then we have reached, we learned this in camp meeting, we have stepped into the hundredfold season. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so the kind of hundredfold, and isn't that interesting, Christopher, that before we went to camp meeting, I was up here preaching on a Wednesday night. I was preaching on Wednesday night, and all of a sudden, the Lord started talking about saying, you, you haven't hit the hundredfold yet. Some of y'all remember that? And I don't even know why. I mean, he had us on there for 20, 30 minutes, about the hundredfold. He said, you hadn't hit it yet. Just, you, you let, let the devil off the hook. No, you ain't hit the hundredfold. And then we, we, announce, uh, we, we learn in camp meeting, we just stepped into it. See, and I said, God, thank you, because he was trying to tell us to, to not be satisfied with the harvest you already got. So we've stepped into the hundredfold harvest season. And I don't mean a season like it's going to be for three months. I'm talking about now until Jesus comes. But, but if, you're, if your heart isn't prepared for it, it'll crush you. See, because money, money brings out uh, the best and the worst in you. Money brings you really, it brings you out. You let some fool get a hold of money, he's not going to all of a sudden become wise. He's going to be a fool with money. But you let a good man get a hold of some money? I better stay over here. You let a good man get a hold of some money? Okay, so that's why he's dealing with this issue of covetousness. So Isaiah, uh, give me uh, chapter uh, 14. I want to show you this because our adversary is who again? The devil. Everybody have your Bible? All right, Isaiah 14. And um, let's look, please, at uh, verse 12. Isaiah 14, verse 12. Because I want to show you that this same issue is the issue that got the devil kicked out of heaven. So he's a master at it. And I have news for you, he's not happy. I don't care about the Lucifer shows on TV and all the things you see on TV about people enjoying that life. He's not happy. He's miserable. The devil is miserable. And what he wants to do is make all of us miserable because he's jealous about our position. Are you hearing me? And so in Isaiah 40, uh, 14 verse 12, it says, how are you uh, fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Y'all know Lucifer, right? The devil, son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? Verse 13, now watch him. Check this out, check this out. It says, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, above the stars. He's, he's competing. <laughs> he's comparing and contrasting. He's... Now, he's, he's, 
now remember, at, at the point when he's Lucifer, he's, uh, let me say this right. I, I almost said God's right hand man. Uh, but he is, let me just say it, he's the chief worship angel in heaven. He's the leadership team. Right? You have Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Right? But then in the, in the angelic forces, there are three main archangels. Right? One, this boy Lucifer here. I call him a boy. He's, he's sorry. He's a sad old punk now. This boy Lucifer. He was a chief worshiper. You had uh, Michael, who was a chief wor uh, uh, warrior angel. Then you had Gabriel, who's the chief word angel. You got it? So you have a worshiper, a warrior, and a word angel. Messenger angel, Gabriel. So Lucifer is, he's in, he's in God's, he's on God's cabinet. But he's looking down at God, and he starts Checking out, you know, all his glory that's going to God. Now, he's supposed to be the chief one giving his glory to God. But he starts, you remember the Bible describes in Ezekiel about how he's laid out? These pipes. God made him, he was the most beautiful angel God created. Just these pipes. And every time, every time just a breeze came through heaven, just whoo, just whoo, there's always this beautiful music going through him. And, and you can imagine when he's got that, all the other angels are like, man, that's nice. That's nice. Well, he starts eating that up. So some, some uh, contamination gets into his heart. I, you have said in your heart. So his heart's contaminated. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount. I will also sit on the mount. I will also. I'm going to put myself right up there with God. I will also. See, he's comparing and competing. On the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I'm going to outdo. I will be like the most high. So he's coveting God's royal position, God's place. And the Bible says, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. So because of that covetousness, he gets kicked out of heaven. Are you seeing that? And so he uses this same thing against the people of God, covetousness, to get us kicked out of um, uh, Harvest to get us kicked out of this place of happy state. In fact, you know how it is. You get you get over into some of y'all. What does covetousness mean? I'll, I'll show you. When you get over into this covetousness area, you you it gets down in you, and you just can't be happy. You just can't be happy because you're always comparing your life with somebody else's life. You always want some want somebody else has. You get all caught up with what television says. This is the newest and greatest thing. And you're, you're never happy because this covetousness has gotten down to your heart. I'm talking better than y'all letting on. Because I'm, I'm, I'm hitting a lot of people right over the head with this here. Because it's, it's, a, it's a very subtle thing, Howard. Most times, people aren't even aware that it's there. 
That's why in Luke 12, 15, get on the screen. In Luke 12, 15, Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness. Take heed and beware. <clears throat> Sometimes people have high blood pressure and don't know it. Is that right? Sometimes people have, they're, they're diabetic <laughs> and they don't know it. There are things that, are, that can lie, be going on. The symptoms are there. But you're not paying attention to the symptoms. Your body's trying to tell you something. Warning, 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 warning. Y'all don't be condemned. I'm not talking about nobody. Y'all like. <laughs> warning. Glory to God. Something's going on. Hey, well, I'm in faith. Hey, it's still going on. I better stay there for a minute. See, because some of y'all say, well, y'all hear what's going on, but I'm just, I'm in faith. Well, what are you doing in faith? Faith has an action. You just sleeping it off is not in faith. Sleeping it off is not going to make it go away. I'm just going to believe God. Well, believing, just believing God doesn't make it go away. Demons believe and tremble. So belief has an action. So don't tell me I'm in faith and you ain't doing anything. You're not in faith. You're, you're, you're putting your head in the sand and just hoping things will go away. It's not just going to go away. Okay, let's get back on point here. Okay. Uh, so... Just like there are symptoms of diabetes or symptoms of uh, high blood pressure or whatever, the, the symptoms of covetousness are comparison, yes, sir. Competing. contrasting, yes. competing, yes. and consumerism. Yes. When you find yourself comparing your life with somebody else, uh-oh, covetousness has gotten in there. Oh, my God, you didn't even know it was there. Uh-uh, that's why it said take heed and beware. Take heed. Check it out. <laughs> you know, listen to your body. I always got tingling in my left toe. Take heed. Something's going on. My head is always hurting. Take heed. Come on now. My stomach is always hurting. Take heed. Something's going on. Because we're not supposed to have any of these pains. Any of these, our body, we're not supposed to have, I don't care if you're 75, you're not supposed to have any of these pains. Well, it's just old age. What? Just old age? Who called you old? Who told you you were old? What does the Bible call old? The Bible said the day is going to come when the one who dies at 100, they're going to say he was a baby. At 100. So obviously God didn't intend for you to be sitting in fire talking about I'm old, I'm old. No. No. So if these things are happening in your body, there's symptoms telling you something is going on. So if you find yourself just comparing your life all the time with other people's lives, it's a symptom of a spiritual disease. The Bible calls it covetousness. Luke 12, 15, and it's the Greek word pleonexia. Get that word on the screen, pleonexia. This, this is the word that 
Jesus used to say, here's what's going on in your, in your spiritual life. Pleonexia, y'all see that word? Yeah. That's the Greek word for it, where we get the word covetousness from. It means greedy desire to have more. He said, take heed and beware of the greedy desire to have more. Be, be aware of avarice, which is extreme greed for wealth or material gain. What are the symptoms? Well, when you start competing with other people, they bought a house, I'm going to buy a house. They bought another car, I'm going to get me another car. They got a new hairdo, I'm going to get me a new hairdo. They got married, I'm going to get married. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes on in the world. It may not be you. May not be in this church, but it goes on in the church. It goes on. People compete over all kind of stuff. People compete for attention. All right. So he said, take heed and beware. This consumerism, where you, I got to have the next best thing. I got to always have the next. I got to always be up to speed, up to date. I got to have the newest phone, the newest, the newest uh, TV, the newest this, da, 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 and spending all your money. Just. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Amen. All right, better keep going, boy. So covetousness, pleonexia. I gave you that. That word, uh, pleon is the word more, it means more or excess. Exia is mean, it means a condition, any condition or pathology. This is what, when you deal, how many of y'all know about medical science, these medical terms, pathology. Pathology simply means the study of, of essential nature of diseases, cause and effect of diseases, especially of, watch this part, y'all listening? Yes, sir. Especially of the structural and functional changes produced by them. Did you catch that? Especially the structural and functional changes caused by them, by that condition or that disease. So every disease, when a pathologist, they study the cause and, and the effect. So what change will that high blood pressure have on your body? Wake up now. What change will that um, uh, diabetes cause in your body? It's going to make your body change. It's going to cause things to change. So Jesus used the word pleonexia, which means that greed is going to make things change. This is, what he, this is the word he used. It's a disease that's going to cause Oh my God, structural and functional changes in you. It's going to change how you function. <laughs> when you start getting, you know, envy and jealousy, those are, those are symptoms of playing next to you. It'll change how you talk to people, how you deal with people. I mean, that, that person... <laughs> that, that person who you both of y'all were in the same training program at your job, you got hired at the same time the same training class and all of a sudden now uh, let's see how I want to say this so you can go with me I, I'm, I'm going to say this because the other way y'all won't go with me and so that you get a promotion and a raise 
and now you're, you're over that person. Now they function differently with you. They used to hang out with you and want to call you and, you know, chat. Hey, how you doing, girl? Girlfriend, let's go to lunch and get some, you know. Now, now, mm, she thinks she's bad. <laughs> right? They start, they, 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 you, you, y'all don't believe me? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it down, bring it down your level. You, you go to your family reunion one year and you drive in one car and somebody else in your family from, you know, from Timbuktu, they got a similar car. But you come back next year and you got a, a Mercedes. See, I, I won't say they, because I'm, I'm going to put on you, because I know you're not covetous. I know there's other people that's covetous. So you come back with a new Mercedes, a new Mercedes, and, and you know, now you, you know, you're dressing down to the nines and everything, and, you know, bam. You got it going on. It, it kind of changed the structure of things. Has it ever happened to anybody? Let me just ask that. Has it ever happened to you? All right, I just want to make sure I'm in the right house. Because if, if you don't remember that happened to you, it's because you were the one making it happen to the other person. Your cousin finally got a breakthrough, and now all of a sudden, now you got beef with them. You ain't, I don't want to be in there. That's you covetous. If you can't rejoice with them, you are in covetousness. Take heed and beware. You try to preach this. See, no, nobody want to say anything to me. But the reality of it is, the reality of it is, every one of us has had just a little tinge. I feel a little something. A little something. No. If, you, if, you ever, if you ever felt some kind of way, covetousness, you have been infected. You have been infected with covetousness. Your immune system wasn't strong enough to keep that covetousness infection off you. You weren't rooted enough in the word. The Bible says, oh, uh, uh, great peace have they who love thy law. Nothing shall by any means offend them or get them off end. So when you love the word, then I don't care what you get and what you have. I'm going to rejoice with you. But if I have not been meditating the word and know who I am and know what I have and know what God can do for me, then you, you get something new and shiny and all of a sudden I, oh, well. And uh, you, know, you know what's funny when people, you, you know, can I tell you how you know you're doing it? When you try to come up with all kind of theories of, they, they probably got him, got him. Got him. The moment you say they probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know they. Well, you know they. Well, who, who can, I don't care, you know, and who, who, who are faith people, our faith people, they probably financed it. You don't know that. But if that's the first thing on your mind, you have been infected. Just elbow your neighbor and say, he got you that time, he got you, he got you, he got you, he got you. He got you. 
You don't know. They might have saved, they might have been saving for 20 years. We don't know. Well, they don't believe like I believe. They believed in saving. I knew it. I knew it. Can, can I just can I just be transparent with you? It tried to try to keep up people me this morning. It did. I got a text from a, a good friend of mine who who sent me a text saying, "Hey, I'm going to be on TV today." And well, he didn't say I'm going to be on TV. He said, "But when you turn on TV, certain network, a certain time, uh, somebody you know going to be on TV." So in my mind, I'm thinking that's going to be probably you. If you don't want to send me a text, you're going it's going to be you. So uh, I made sure. So at, at 10 o'clock, we turn the program on and and watch it. And so I'm like, wow, that's, that's my boy on national, this is national television. National television. And uh, really good, really awesome interview. I watched it to the end. Wonderful, outstanding interview. But all of a sudden, in me, I was like, I wonder how that, what, what he did to, do, to get that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what, what did he do? You know, I, I was feeling hood though. What did he do? What did he do? To, to, how, how did he manage that? So in my mind, the devil, and, and I, I remember when it, when it happened, I called myself and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Right, the same way if, if, if I sneeze or if I get a cough, I go, whoa, wait a minute. If I get a cough, <coughs> wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not supposed to be coughing. My head starts hurting. Wait, whoa, whoa. I don't go, you know, I'm going to just, I'll just, I'll be all right. No, no, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to have a headache. I'm in covenant with Almighty God. Headaches don't belong to me. So all of a sudden, TJ, I was like this little thing. I wonder. And I found myself, and, and, and it's so funny, because by this time I'm, I'm on my computer, I went on the website, I'm like, click. Oh, no, I see what you're doing, devil. I see what you're doing. No. I recognize all of a sudden, that's covetousness. Trying to infect me. And, and see, and if you don't, remember I told you the other night, it's like getting a ringworm on your head. If you don't treat that ringworm right away, how many of y'all grew up in, in the hood or in the, in the country? You know what I'm talking about. If you don't treat that ringworm right away, it'll spread. It'll get into your bloodstream before you know you'll have ringworms from head to toe. Am I right about that? Because you better treat it right away. So I knew the moment that came up, I better treat it right away. Uh-uh, no, devil, I'm celebrating. I'm, I, I went, I said, did you in my office? I said, I, wanted, I was going to text him and say, oh, I forgot my cell phone. Because I, I got to text him. Now I'm going to call him. Now I'm going to call him. Man, I'm so proud of you. That was such a great interview. You did well. You represented, homeboy. See, I'm going to tell y'all. Y'all want to hide your little stuff and... But I got I to preach it to you so you know, you know, you know, 
You know, I'm going back to 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, that we have an adversary. The devil goes by like a roaring lion. He looking for anybody to devour, not just you trying to get me. So I got to resist him steadfast in the faith. I know that all my brethren throughout the world. So we're talking about covetousness. Are y'all with me here? So covetousness changes your, it, it damages your heart. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't see that. That's why. <laughs> Remember we talked about Wednesday night, how David, David, when he saw Bathsheba, and he knew that was another man's wife, he coveted that other man's wife, and he went after her. He could have just looked at her and said, bam, oh, nice. But no, but he looked, and then he looked again, and he kept on looking. He's like, wow. Because he didn't, he didn't catch covetousness at, at the onset. He let it get from a ringworm in his head till it got through his blood. And now I got to have her. And so he had to have her, came, laid with another man's wife, then found out, boop, we made a baby. And now I got to do something about this because I can't get caught. So covetousness will get you all into lying now. And deception. Come on now, you, you had a bills coat, go somewhere else. I'm talking to husbands and wives. You had, you had a bill, go somewhere else. <laughs> he just a meddling pastor just a meddling see if, if you gotta hide something you have been infected well we better go home now I, I just lost my audience right then boy all the single people all the single people can y'all y'all still with me Married folk just got mad. He just about to tell my secret. So David then covetousness takes him from not just having this other man's wife to now he's trying to hide and disguise things to now he goes all the way into full-blown conspiracy to commit murder. Has her husband killed all because this covetousness got into his bloodstream? Right? Now, David, remember what I just told you, pleonexia, it has structural and functional changes that, that occur. And so here's what happened. It, I just told you, it'll change your heart. So that's why, this is what the Holy Spirit just brought back to me a moment ago. That's why in Psalm 51, when David's repenting, he said, Lord, create in me. Oh, I love the Holy Ghost. Create in me, because he realized my heart has been infected. I have spiritual heart disease. And if this thing going to get out of me, I'm going to be a mess for the rest of my life. So God, I'm asking you, after all this mess, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Oh, I dare you lift your hands right now and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Come on, I, I, I've been infected. I've been infected. 
And I don't want this in me. I don't want this changing me. I don't want this to change how I function. I don't want this to change how I manage. I don't want this to change how I live. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. You see, boy, a clean heart. A clean heart. Now I can look back at you straight in the eye. <laughs> see, because if I can't look at you straight in the eye, I've been talking about you. I'm gonna, I'll talk to my wife. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I can't look at you straight in the eye. Walking past you. I've been talking about you. Or I'm competing against you. So now we don't function the way we used to function. I got a dirty, diseased heart. You preach it. It's covetousness. Covetousness. I'm competing, comparing, contrasting. So, Lord, created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's doing it right now to you. I mean, if you, if you said it sincerely, you weren't just saying it because I said it. If you didn't say it sincerely, he is cleaning your heart out right now. The Bible says that we confess our sins to him. 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of, of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Covetousness is unrighteousness. But we need a clean heart. Glory to God. People do liver cleanses today. You know why your liver gets filthy? Eating the wrong stuff that your liver can't process. Your liver, your liver's like, oh, that's too much. That, that's the reason why anytime, listen to me, anytime you get on any sort of medication, any sort of medication, the doctors always want to have you periodically come back in so we can check your liver. Your liver function. Because they know the, that your, your liver can't really handle these medications. There's no way to filter these medications. That's why they stay in your body so long and destroy, end up destroying your whole body. Glory to God. But Lord, the Lord will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me very carefully. This is of utmost importance now. Because we have entered into a time, the era of flourishing. We have entered into the most prophetic time of our lifetimes. I believe the most prophetic time that would have ever been on the planet outside of the coming of Jesus the first time. When Jesus came the first time, it fulfilled so much prophecy. His 33 years on this planet, 33 and a half years on this planet, fulfilled so much prophecy. It was the fulfillment of that time. We are now in a time preparing for his second coming. It's the most prophetic time of all generations. And so God, we used to sing a song, my Lord getting us ready for that great day. But he's getting us ready for a great day here on this earth. Because we've been preaching uh, Proverbs 13, 22. Get on the screen, please. Proverbs 13, 22. Glory to God. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But look at this last part we've been preaching. But the wealth of the sinner 
is stored up for the righteous. Oh, my God. Oh, man, Holy Ghost, help me here. You got to slow down. Jesus. So the wealth of the sinner is stored up for who? The righteous. Give me James chapter 5 now. I'm, I'm off cuff now. Just the Holy Ghost telling me something. So I got I to tell you what the Holy Ghost is saying here. James chapter 5. Give me in, get on the King James Version. James chapter 5. Are you there? Verse 1. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Okay? Y'all with me here today? Don't miss this. Don't miss what I'm saying to you here. Don't miss what the Holy Ghost is saying to you here. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Verse 2. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are what? Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, I'm getting so much stuff. But I got... Okay. Okay, hold, hold that. I'm, try, I'm trying not to get all over the place. Okay, I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. In Matthew 6 and in Luke 12, Jesus says this same thing. He talks about laying up treasures in heaven. Why? Where rust and moths don't corrupt and, and moths don't, don't eat up and... Thieves don't break in and steal. <laughs> so he says, there's a way you don't have to have, uh, go back to James uh, 5, 2, you don't have to have corrupted riches. You don't, oh Jesus, you don't have to have moth-eaten garments and goods. It's by laying up treasure in heaven. But these, go back to verse 1, verse 1, you rich men weep and howl for your miseries. These are wicked rich people. He said now, verse 2 here, he said, oh, glory to God, your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Verse 3, verse 3, your gold and silver is cankered. He says, and the rust of them. Man, the Holy Ghost knows how to put scripture together, man. He says, they are cankered. The rest of them shall be a witness against you, and ye shall eat your flesh as it were a fire. Now watch this. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Does anybody hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to us? He says he's allowed for centuries, for generations, for all Jesus. The wicked rich to heap up treasure, heap up riches together for the last days. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement for you. We are in the last days and the wealth of the sinner that's been stored up for the righteous. It's time for it to come into the hands of God's people. These are the last days. We're in the time. Oh, Jesus. When I told you a few moments ago, boy, when I told you a few moments ago that we're in the, one of the most prophetic times, the Lord, the Lord said this a few moments ago, I, just, I didn't say it, but I should have said it, because I, he, he thought to me there's a third prophetic time. The, the, the prophetic time I talked about was when Jesus Christ came the first time. 
this, this other time is now when he's about to come. But prior to that, he reminded me the other most prophetic time was when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt. Be, because God had already prophesied to Abraham. They would be in slavery 430 years. And he said, and when they come out, they will not come out empty handed. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They didn't come out empty handed. There was a great wealth transfer. And so when Jesus comes on this planet, he didn't walk this planet empty handed. Because the moment he was born, God sent kings from the east to bring him a great wealth transfer. He was born to poor parents, but they weren't poor many days because God made sure they had a great wealth transfer. So now this final prophetic time that we are living in now you might have come on this planet poor, but if you keep listening to this preacher, if you keep following the word of God, you ain't going to be poor too much longer because God is bringing his people into the final greatest wealth transfer we've ever seen. You have heat, treasure together for the last days. Everything that the Rockefellers the Rothschilds Tony, you know about the Rothschilds. See, we, we look at Forbes, the Forbes 100, the Forbes 500. There are some people that are not even on that list. Not because they don't qualify, it's because they're overqualified. They, they have too much money for them to really calculate and tabulate. They, they can't really track their money. And all that has been heaped together for the last days. So that Proverbs 13:22 that we've been preaching can now come to pass in these last times, in these last hours. It's right, ladies and gentlemen. Sit down. This is why we have to have a clean heart. Because if we don't have a clean heart, then, then God won't, we, we won't be qualified. And the reason we won't be qualified is because God knows that if we got it and weren't, weren't ready for it, we would corrupt the same thing the same way. We, we take the money and start hoarding it ourselves. We take the money, all, all we be thinking about is building our biggest, best house and getting our best yacht and getting our finest cars. That'll be all we be thinking about. And God showed us the other week that prosperity is not about what you can have. It's about what you can give. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can do. 
And God is looking for some people who will not let this infectious disease of covetousness stay in their hearts. Because what you do is stop the money up. Just spend it on your own lust. That's James 4. Go back to James 4. Go to James 4. Verse 1. Verse 1. Glory to God. Where do wars and fights? This is strife. What does it come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members? Verse 2. Keep going. Verse 2. You lust and do not have. You murder and. You murder and. You murder and. And cannot obtain. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. The Holy Ghost is just. Well, he's just something else. I can't even say I knew that was there. Is the reason why we're not obtaining? It's because we're in covetousness. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. So covetousness is blocking the flow. <laughs> Jesus. Pastor, Pastor, I've been sowing, 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 sowing. But I'm not getting anything. Maybe because you've been sowing out of covetousness as opposed to sowing out of advancing God's kingdom. I want to see the kingdom advance. Well, Pastor, can I sow to receive some? Yes, you can. But my number one agenda. So let a man purpose in his heart. Let him give as he purposes in his heart. Let God put a purpose in your heart to give. So when he puts a purpose in your heart, he, he, what he going to do, he going to have you go and, hey, give that lady over there $100. Now, you don't know why. But she been praying. And God want to show her something. So he says, you, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. Man, that just broke the devil's back for somebody right there. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Well, I've been asking, Pastor. I've been asking. All right, let's keep going, though. Verse, verse 3. You ask. Okay, yeah, for those of you you've been asking... And you do not do not receive. Well, why don't I don't receive? Because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. The devil is right now just upset. Y'all better pray for me, because he's upset with me right now for reading this. I'm, I'm, we have found a cure for cancer. I'm talking about this spiritual cancer that gets in the heart. We found out what causes this thing here. He said that you may spend it on your pleasures. Verse 4. Verse 4. 
adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world, that's all a consumerism, is enmity with God, where whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. Covetousness. Pleonexia. Pleonexia. Gets all in the heart. Corrupts, controls, consumes. And then, here we go. It, it kills you, it destroys. Let's just get, get Proverbs 119. We talked about that one a minute, uh, a couple times. Look at 119. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of his owners. Man, I had so much to tell y'all today. <laughs> I'm not. Wow. Go back to uh, James 4 and go back to verse 3. You ask and do not receive. No, verse 2 is what I want. Verse 2. You lust and do not have. Lust. That's, don't think about lust as just sexual. Lust is a desire. Desire. You desire and do not have. I heard Dad say this Friday night. It's so good, D. If the only reason you believe in God for that beautiful car is to have it so to make you look good, you're not going to get it. If that's your motivation, well, I'm, I got to have that car because it's going to make me look good. The truth of the matter is, you know, you, you, look, you look better in a hoopty than you do on, the, on your footies. Come on, right? Right? If you got to duct tape it together, that's better than, you know, you're walking. Tom and Jerry, right? But sometimes our motivation is very wrong. It's not about me shining for Jesus. It's really about me shining for me. Boy, what they gonna see when they what they gonna say when they see me driving this? What are they gonna uh, say when they see me wearing this or living here? And 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 I'm just gonna tell you, as your pastor, there are times those thoughts have come to my mind. Y'all can fake the funk all you want to. I'm just going to tell you the truth. There are times those thoughts have come to my mind. 
I, when they did, I didn't realize it was covetousness. I knew it was a devil. I knew that. I, I, I knew it was a devil because I know that that ain't right. I shouldn't be thinking that way. But now I understand it's the devil, but I understand what he's doing. It's called covetousness. <laughs> and if I don't kill that and deal with that right away, boy, that ringworm gets into my bloodstream and all, all before I know it, it's just, it's everywhere. Boy, you hate when a ringworm gets to your hair. Boy, you start losing hair. Patches missing from your head. I remember, I remember I used to be, a, when I was a barber, Tony, I was a barber for 13 years. Somebody came in and had a ringworm? I can't cut your You got a ring, I'm saying, Teddy worm, whatever they want to call it. You got a ringworm in your head? <laughs> Teddy worm? Uh, I'm sorry, I can't cut your hair. What's wrong? Can't, you can't cut my, you can't, can't just spray when I'm done? Nope. It's contagious. That's con it's contagious. It's contagious. It spreads. It'll spread from person to person. And if you get around covetous-minded people, it'll spread. So you better check your company. Now, don't start, don't become some doggone paranoid, you know, inspector. I'm checking everybody. No, I don't do that. You, start, you, you, be, you become judgmental. Don't do that. Yeah, that's another illness all by itself. Talking about you, but it says take heed and beware. Come on now, if somebody walked up to your face and they, you know, you ain't seen them as a family you and, and they walk up and they got chicken pox all over their face, they want a big kiss. No, uh -uh. Chicken pox, no, 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 no. Mm, you got, you got something. Right? Somebody walk up and they go, you? And they want, hey, how you doing? Oh, no. Take heed, beware. Am I right about it? So if you observe covetous behavior, take heed and beware. The same way. Be on watch. Be on guard against it because it'll, it'll, just, it'll, just, it'll just be just casual conversation at first, Howard. Just casual conversation. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, boy. Look at that girl. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, she fine. <laughs> That's just casual conversation. Before you know it, you talking about something? Yeah, call the child. Look at that old young filly over there. I remember, boy, when I used to be about 17, boy, I used to be running them little young girls. Boy, just, <laughs> and you giggling. <laughs> and she started, she started, before you know it, you call the charge, right? <laughs> clank, clank. Oh, man. Isn't that why Paul taught, he warned about that, about filthy jesting? Coarse jesting? He said, don't even joke around like that. 
Girl, you look so fine, I'll put you on a plate and sop you up with a biscuit. It's course, it's just joking. I'm, girl, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Yep. Yep, because you saw it in your mind. Next thing you know, it'll be hashtag me too, right on your behind. Bam. <laughs> so take heed and beware. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut off here because if I, if I even got going with what I want to show you, we'll be here at 5 o'clock. And... Um, because I got some stuff the Lord was showing me this week. I'm like, wow. Wow. Stuff, so yeah, probably Wednesday night stuff anyhow. So uh, you come Wednesday night and uh, we'll go a little further. Here come my musicians. They, they ready for me to quit now. I'm going to surprise them one day. One day I'm going to start hooping. Then they're going to be trying to scramble up to the organ. And keep Baby, all right. Won't it hold your hand? Won't it gain? Won't it guide your feet? Along. Yeah. As soon as they start playing, I'm going to say, all right, now let's go back to the Bible. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's get ready. Stand to your feet. Oh. Make them stay up there one Sunday, boy. Tempt me to hoop. So I feel like hooping sometimes. I just, I ain't got nothing behind me, man. So. Sometimes the preach come on me. It does. I got to squash it. I got to, I have to put the brakes on. Y'all, y'all so, y'all, y'all not even used to hooping no more. They'll probably shock you. Y'all probably. What's wrong with pastor? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm deep down. I'm coaching on the inside. Don't. The scenarios we gave you today. Have you ever? Have you seen yourself in those kind of scenarios? Where you you recognize you either have experience. Uh, covetousness towards you or you have been the one oh my god everybody all eyeballs on me please right now I wish there was a way I know I, we don't live by wishing but if there was a way I could do a lobotomy is that what it's called with the brain, open you, your head and put in what I'm seeing in the spirit, you wouldn't sit back on your seat no more. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be, Herman Finish, Pastor, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. And you certainly wouldn't be casual. Because, because, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I don't know how to express this enough. I don't know how. The Holy Spirit will help me over these, over these coming days and weeks and months and years that Jesus comes. We are living now.
in the most prophetic time on the face of this planet ever. The Lord said this to me early this year. I was sitting outside, poolside, meditating, just talking to the Lord. And he said, son, every prophecy you have ever heard is for now. He said in every prophecy and every message that you will ever, that you will preach from now on will not be for later. It will always be for now. And I shared that with you, didn't I? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. I appreciate that, Lord. Um, that was personal. Um, please understand me. You were born for such a time as this. Everything you have been thinking about working on is is coming to to now. This wealth or prosperity message has not been hype. It has been preparation. But not just for people who are in a prosperity church. It's for people who get their hearts right. Because if your heart isn't right, it will destroy you. It will corrupt you. And there are many people who have been corrupted already by erroneous thinking about prosperity. They got over to chasing money because they thought the prosperity message was about money, but it's not about money. It's about being able to do whatever God tells you to do. When we read in James 5 about the rich men, said their treasure's been heaped up for the last days. James 5, put, put verse, verse 4 on there. Verse 4. Watch this. This one's going to see. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mold your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Savior, the Lord of harvest. Do you understand what just happened? What God says is the, the reason why your treasures are corrupted is because you've been defrauding people. The wicked rich have been defrauding people for years, and decades, and centuries, and ages. We celebrate over $10,000 bonus. Yes, and we should, that's, that's good. But if we got a $10,000 bonus, what were they actually holding back? This isn't the, the ones who've been mowing your fields. The ones who've been doing all the work. You look at, at the disparity right now in America over what the, what the CEO of a corporation makes versus what the everyday laborers makes. It'll be sometimes 30,000 times what the person in, in, the, in the 
booth or the, the worker makes. So here, Christmas time, here are $250 bonus for you. God says you have defrauded. You see, you understand that? So, so this time of harvest for us, our heart has to be so right that we won't be those who defraud people. We won't hold back something. We won't tell somebody, as Proverbs says, go back tomorrow, I'll give it to you. Come back tomorrow, I'll give it to you. No, 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 no. Not when I have it today. No, no, no. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give it to you right now. Here's some extra. I'm not, I'm not going to cheat you. I'm not going to hold back from you. I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm looking to bless. I'm not, I'm not asking you to bless me. I'm, I want to bless you. I wanna, let me bless you. So here's a, here's a, here's a key, ladies and gentlemen. So God, <laughs> I was going to show you this in Mark 10. I'll, I'll teach you this Wednesday. What God has done for us today is given us a spiritual MRI. Spiritual CAT scans. X-rays. Okay, here's what the issue is, is covetousness. Now let's fix that. Boom, 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 boom. Now, now go back to James uh, 4 and verse 3. James 4, verse 3, uh, verse, must have been verse 2. Verse 2. So now we're going to get that, that covet out of the way. The lust out of the way. The murder out of the way. So now when we ask, we'll be able to obtain. We'll be able to receive. You understand? If, if, if you're not getting blood somewhere, there's a, there's a blockage somewhere. Covetousness is, and lust is that blockage. So if we can get that blockage removed, boy, you can, you can breathe easy. You can move, praise the Lord. Your back be better, everything. Because there's some blockage there. So God's getting us out. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I really, really enjoy and value the times when you totally interrupt and <laughs> take us and lead us in a path that you've set up for us through the message time. Thank you that God, you're not a sermon God, you're a message God. And today you've given us a message from heaven and we have received. I pray that in this place that God, every person in this room who's heard this message, everyone, those who have watched or watching online now or in the future who have heard this message, that God, that we'll allow you, the great physician, to diagnose and bring remedy to this issue of covetousness, Father. I thank you that this is the most prophetic time on the face of this planet, and you allowed us to be born for such a time as this. And that, God, in this hour, all the treasures of the wicked rich that, that have been heaped together for these last days, it is now time for that wealth transfer that we've been talking about. That the wealth of the wicked that has been laid up for us is now time to be transferred. So thank you that you have saw, uh, you've seen fit to get us ready to prepare us to receive to receive, <laughs> yes, Lord, and to make us distribution centers. 
Shipping and receiving, shipping and receiving, shipping and receiving, shipping. That's what I see, ladies and gentlemen, right now. Shipping and receiving, shipping and receiving. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I work in shipping and receiving, shipping and receiving. Woo, thank you, Lord. We receive. We'll start receiving by the truckloads. We'll start shipping out by the truckloads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a glorious hour. Father, I can't say anymore, but thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, why don't you give Father God and the Holy Ghost the biggest hand you can give them today? Wow, wow, wow.